I want to, instead of taking this, uh, what we normally do on Sunday nights is just kind of reapply some extra things that we that we learned from there. I actually want to take the first part of the story and come back at a, at another angle that we you might have noticed, and if you especially if you peeked ahead, then you might notice it. But why the I told you this morning that the second part of the story, the second little mini story, builds off of the first mini story. And there was just something there that I kept seeing as I was studying, but I don't want to, and I'm even trying to be careful now as I, as I go through these, these uh, just some brief notes here, that I don't want to read into anything. I don't want to find a theme and then find the verse that kind of matches what I want to say. So I, I want to be careful with that. But I do think that there's, that there's something here to be said, and it has to do about the home. It has to do about her uh, his mother-in-law's, Peter's mother-in-law, being healed in her home. As I mentioned this morning, that the first part of the story there about Jesus seeing the mother-in-law and healing her, and then that's it. It almost doesn't fit. I couldn't figure out how, why, why is that there? If you take that little story, there are so many, all the details happen elsewhere. And so it just seemed uh, redundant if that was the only reason it was there. And one of the, re- one of the first things that I do at the very beginning of the week to try to understand, to get my brain around, this is the main, the main thought of that passage, is, is I try to isolate here. I can point to that verse and say, this is where everything's building on. And I kept, I kept missing, the, like there's a definite gap between these, in, in these little stories here. And I didn't see how they could stand alone. They are definitely connected to each other through time and, and uh, through uh, even just the, the way that the, the story is, is unfolded. And so I, I presented this morning what I think is the main thought of the, ver, of the, of the passage here, uh, going back to the Isaiah's uh, prophecy about the uh, Messiah taking our diseases. But there's still something here about her home. There's still something here specifically about, uh, and, and I wish that we had a name for her, uh, but Peter's mother-in-law being healed in her home. It seems like a minor story. And it always it always encourages me when I read and I study and I find other people asking kind of the same questions who are, I would say, smart enough to write a book, then I feel like I'm going in the right direction to find this thing. So this story seems kind of minor, but um, what I think it does is it sets the scene for many other people to be healed. Um, and so what I just very briefly tonight, we'll go through these things, and then I'd like to spend some time talking about these questions that I don't expect anyone to really answer much on the third one just because it would take probably a, a big piece of paper and a pen to, to, and some time. But if you, ha- if you notice some of these things, I would, I would definitely love to hear them. But with about the first two questions, which both have two questions in them, using them to uh, bring this uh, out to, uh, to life and to us tonight. Um, let me start off with this quote. Warren Wiersbe wrote, Blessing in the home ought to lead to blessing in the community. And that's what I want to, if I, if I titled it anything, it would be using your home as a place of ministry. Uh, so the, the, the scene here, again, this woman was in her home. It probably wasn't, you know, she wasn't the owner probably, probably Peter, but it was her home is where she lived. And she was sick and she was laid up with a fever. She was in an undesirable situation 
She was really kind of not very useful to anybody. Uh, but when Jesus came, he saw the need. He fixed her need. And she, the Bible says she got up and she served. Now, one little caveat here that uh, there's a little bit of dis- disagreement on what it means that she served. In, in Matthew, it says that she served him. She served, she served Jesus. Uh, but in Mark and Luke, it says that she served them. And so she's talking, it's talking about all the people. Some will say that it's just plain old hospitality, that she's just serving them as, as Martha did. Remember when Jesus was teaching and Mary sat at the feet and Martha was going around making sandwiches and getting everybody's drinks poured and all that stuff and Martha got mad at Mary for not helping out. And so some would say that's all it is, but then some see a greater uh, spiritual lesson in here and and even to go as far as to say that she became a disciple of Christ, she really started following Christ. It doesn't say either way, but there is some significance to the fact that they all, all three evangelists say she served. So she, she, she wasn't just healed uh, and walked away like the, the leper. And, you know, really this is the only three, uh, person of the three stories that gives us any kind of afterwards with them the centurion just jesus it ends with the servant being healed but then nothing happens we don't we don't know anything about that servant we don't know anything about this uh, the centurion uh, the leper we read in mark that he went and told everybody but matthew doesn't tell us these things but Ma- uh, but matthew tells us that peter's mother-in-law uh, had a few actions as soon as she got healed she got up because no need to lie around anymore and she served him uh, so uh, I don't. I don't necessarily have an opinion on either way which it is, but one thing I do notice is that it does set up the second part of this story, which begins with the evening time. Uh, many people being brought to Jesus. I'm going to read it to uh, verse 16. Uh, that evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons, and he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick. So that's kind of the it's almost like a summary of what happened uh, over a long a longer period of time it's not this one individual event but i think it set up this big long all night if you will healing uh interactions uh the night after uh, the night that finished the passover so let me just kind of go through these these notes and, and explain my thinking here and then um see if we can't pull this all together uh, the first thing i want you to understand is that and it's pretty much just all application here. I'm not going to try to re-explain the story. The first thing I want, I want to say and explain to you here is that we're not called to heal these people. We're not called to, if we pull it all the way into the application, um, I don't do anything. Uh, Jesus does that. Uh, Peter's mother-in-law is mentioned not because she did any healing. She's not, she's not even referenced to her faith. It's one of the other interesting ideas that we find in the three different stories is that there's no faith mentioned here just as the centurion believed uh, let it be she she was she was just sick and jesus healed her uh, because he was willing just like it was in the other two stories but uh, she 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 didn't do anything she was just simply healed she wasn't responsible at least according to the story for going and getting all of these people and say hey come and see a man who healed me and he can heal you she wasn't holding poster boards out there and and and, and a trying to attract people, obviously word got out. And if we 
put all the stories together, it's probably there's probably several reasons why word got out. He would just healed some people in the synagogue. Uh, maybe in between that is when we find the leper and the centurion. Uh, and word is getting out that, that Jesus is healing these people. And maybe it just takes a little bit of time for word to reach everybody and then to get all these 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 sick people and, and demon-possessed people into Jesus. And as Mark says, that the whole city's crowding at the door trying to, he, uh, to, to get with Jesus so that he can heal them. And it's not a lottery. It's not, well, I've only got time for a few of you. It's every person that comes to Christ with a need gets healed. Can you imagine that? And for at least one night, there are no sick people in that town. No demon-possessed people, no headaches, no tummy aches, no cancer, no leprosy, nothing. For one town, everybody is sick, or is, 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 is well. And, and, you know, I'd be interested to know how long that kind of thing lasted. But Peter's mother-in-law had nothing to do with that. The only thing that changed, or the only thing that she did, was be sick and be healed by Christ. Um, and for us, our part is simply to serve, just like, just like the, the woman uh, in, the, in the story here. We are not necessarily responsible for healing people. We don't need to go around and save them, uh, heal them spiritually, heal them physically. I don't believe uh, in, the, in the, the, the gifts of healing are still available uh, in that we can uh, smack people on the head and cure them of whatever disease they supposedly have. Now, if we want to say, you know, there are some people who have uh, the brains to be a doctor and some people who don't, I agree with that. But uh, I don't think that that's, that's for today. And, and, and I think that both spiritually and physically go all in God's in God's hands in those in those situations but just like Peter's mother-in-law our part is simply to serve once we've been healed we get up and we serve and so the question then is are we serving are we doing anything for the cause uh, whether we're serving Jesus in the home and maybe we're bringing Jesus uh food and, and beverage, or maybe serving other people. And, it, and, and depending on how you see it, as far as if it's a simple hospitality or if it's all the way up to full-on discipleship, are we doing anything? Because that's really the only action that we have of this woman she served. I think it's very significant. Um, once she was healed, she began to serve. So if you have been healed, if you and I have been healed, are we serving? Are we doing anything about it now or did Jesus just heal us so that we could be healthy or are we healed so that we can go out and serve not healed to heal others we're not healed to um, bring the healing to anybody else we are healed to if anything to bring those others to the healing um, so uh, the next thing here is, is to take advantage of the opportunities around you I see three things that this woman has that she is using to serve. The first thing here is her suffering. Obviously, she has a story to tell now. In her suffering, uh, she, couldn't have, she could not have had the same story without the suffering. Uh, then we see in the, the blessing as well, in the fact that she was healed. She could use that. I mean, she could really use that. And then the third thing is her resources, her home. She used her home to, uh, as a place of ministry. Home can be, and I think should be, a place of ministry. Not just the church, 
not just the building that we that we uh, collectively meet with and we and we finance and we maintain and we meet and and we we call this the church and this is the place where we do most of our ministries but this is not the only place so our homes ought to be a place of ministry just I didn't plan it this way but uh, last night I started reading a book and it's called the gospel comes with a house key and it's all about hospitality and it's all about uh, what she calls radical everyday hospitality and, and and all those terms seem to contradict each other and yet they don't and she was she uh, the, the writer here is is um, emphasizing how important it is that we use our homes to um, minister to people and to help other people uh, she served as i said she served in her home home can be a place of ministry and her home was the place where many others found healing they didn't find healing because she was there they didn't find healing because if her home was anything special they found healing in the home because that's where jesus was but you can't get away from the fact it happened at her house imagine the stories that could be told Imagine how many sandwiches she had to make. The whole town is gathered outside of her door. Uh, and if you got healed, if you were, if, if Jesus came to Sherman, and let's just say he was at my house, and, and, and the whole town of Sherman came, and, and the sidewalks are covered in cars and buggies, and, 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 and we're all there, and you got healed from some big disease that you had, would you just go home? You probably couldn't get out. You know, you probably are blocked in by all the different vehicles that are here. You stick around and, and you're and you're rejoicing and it's exciting and it's kind of watching them come in sick and walk out healed and, and everyone's just kind of hanging out and she's she's busy. She's a busy woman. And she is and she is serving in this uh, in this capacity. Uh, the place of her healing was simply the place for many others healing. This is an insignificant uh, home. There's nothing special about it. It might not even be her home, but it was it was what was used. It was the location that was used. And then the other part of it is that the home, as I said, the home wasn't special, but God used it for at least a night. And so I'd written down three things here uh, that you could kind of see from there. The suffering was undesirable. The, uh, the story seems insignificant, and the healing might have even only been temporary as far as her, the, her home being used. We don't know that this became the headquarters, that Jesus used everybody. You know, if you'd have come the next day, you might not have found Jesus there healing. But at least for one night, we know that there was a miracle going on for every person who walked through the door. She used her home as a as a place of ministry. So this is this is the question that that I that I want to kind of begin the discussions with. And I don't necessarily want you to answer this one out loud, but in your heart and continue to ask yourself, am I serving? Okay? I believe people in this room have a very credible testimony of I've been healed. So am I serving? Okay. So let's look at these three questions and really, uh, we'll just focus on the first two and then, uh, if we have time and if you feel like you'd like to answer the third one and you cease anything, um, but I think the first two edify us the most. Um, how can your suffering lead others to Jesus? She, remember I said she used suffering, she used blessing, and she used her resources. Uh, so we'll use the suffering and the blessing in the first two questions. How can your suffering Lead others to Jesus, and talking about maybe the physical suffering, maybe the maybe the the, the spiritual suffering that people that you have, have gone through before you were healed. So everything up to prior to being healed by Christ, how can that uh, be used to lead other to Christ? And then while you're thinking on that, how can your healing 
be used to lead others to Christ. They do go together. I understand that. But how can we, like the woman, use what we could call in our, in our Christian vernacular our testimonies to lead other people to Christ? Anybody want to start off with that? How do we use our suffering? How do we use our blessing healing to lead others?